Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Sal Vetri Show. The DFS clip you're about to hear originally aired on my YouTube channel. And before we get into it, you can leave a five-star review. If you can subscribe, download to the podcast, like, and share it, whatever you have to do, I greatly appreciate that. Helps the podcast out a lot. Helps us reach more people. What I would hope is this beneficial content. So welcome and enjoy. Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel. It is currently 5.34 a.m. East Coast time. It is Wednesday, October 30th. My name is Sal Vetri, and I'm going to cover this showdown slate tonight between the San Francisco 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals. I guess it's technically tomorrow night, $300,000 to first. Before we get into it, my name is Sal Vetri, like I said, and I do cover daily fantasy sports in the NFL, NBA, WNBA, and the MLB streets. If you have a second and you get any value from this video, you can hit the subscribe button. It really helps me. If you're listening on the audio version, hit the subscribe button. Five-star rate really helps me. A review helps me the most. So really appreciate if you do any of those things. Linked up down below is my Patreon, where I have exclusive content for both the NFL, about 20 to 25 hours a week of stuff. You can look at all of that down below. And the NBA, where I have my NBA model and projections and target offense sheet on a daily basis. So check all that out if you're interested. Follow me on my social medias, at DFS on Twitter, SalVetri on Facebook, and SalVetri on Instagram. Facebook is, I believe, a Facebook page. And then you can find me on Osmo, pretty much... Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday, uh, doing content there. And you can also find me on the Pat Mayo Experience every single Monday at 1 p.m. East Coast time. That is all the plugs. Check out the description for some free giveaways, some free strategy guides that are also linked up down there to help you with your DFS game. So getting into this slate, it's a gross slate. It's not a slate that I really care too much about. Didn't even watch the Monday night slate. Um, didn't, I don't even know if I watched the last Thursday night slate, but it's another gross slate because it's just injury riddled. Um, so just starting at the top here, uh, starting with a couple of things, really. So, I mean, on the San Francisco side of the ball, they got Debo Samuel back last game and they got Emmanuel Sanders, right? They acquired him in a trade. What that did was pretty much make Richie James useless on offense, ran no routes. It pretty much made Dante Pettis useless on offense, ran way more slot, way less slot routes and only played 30% of the snaps total, made Kendrick Bourne way less useless. So like these three wide receivers started to get phased out. And now they're due back to have um, Marquise Goodwin today. So that's going to just probably make Dante Pettis you know, just useless. You're going to have Emmanuel Sanders on the field nonstop. Debo Samuel seems to be the guy on the field nonstop. Uh, and Sanders is going to run out of the slot primarily. And then on the other outside, I imagine you have Marquise Goodwin shifted in with maybe some Dante Pettis. Uh, but a lot of things are going to phase out some of these other 49ers wide receivers who will still stay in the rotation for 10 to 15% of the snaps, maybe 20, but not nearly as high as the 30 to 35 that some of them have been seeing. Or Dante Pettis is 90 plus that he saw couple weeks back he's probably going to be more so phased out now in the backfield you have Matt Breida leaning towards doubtful towards out Raheem Morstead it's going to depend on his practice status today on Wednesday but he's also leaning towards out if those two players miss you have a $2,000 Jeff Wilson Jr. who is we know how much they use multiple running backs in the San Francisco offense who becomes a very good play and then you have Tevin Coleman at $9,000 who becomes a great play as the clear workhorse and potentially even with Jeff Wilson Jr. behind him if most start and Matt Breida do miss and that's how it seems right now continue to monitor it. Um, and Bree is the guy who seems like he's going to miss more than most start, but we'll continue to monitor it. If those guys do miss, you have a real 20 touch upside for Tevin Coleman here. I mean, he's a guy who's been seeing somewhere around the 15, 16 touch range, and that's with all these running backs healthy. So 20 touch upside for him. And that probably, even as a 10 point favorite, like even if Coleman gets 20 touches, you still have like the upside of 10 touches for Jeff Wilson. This team has been running way more than they've been passing. And they've been running 35 plus times per game in a heavy amount of their games, close to 40 times for a lot of these games as well. So um, that's sort of the injury news on the 49ers side of the ball in offense. On the Arizona Cardinals side of the ball, Keyshawn Johnson was a coach's DNPCD, if you're used to basketball, uh, did not participate coach's decision 
he was just a healthy scratch. Um, they got Demir Bird back a couple weeks back. He's been healthier. Trent Sherfield kind of won over this outside job over the rookie Keyshawn Johnson, and Andy Isabella hasn't been playing. It's just it's interesting to see that uh, they just gave up on kind of Keyshawn that quickly. Um, but I guess Sherfield's just playing better. So that will be the four wide receiver sets. Larry Fitz in the slot, Christian Kirk in the slot, outside in the left. You're going to have Demir Bird outside on the right. You're going to have Trent Sherfield in the backfield. This is where it gets messy. Chase Edmonds is expected to miss, and David Johnson right now is questionable, leaning towards doubtful, expected to miss. And they just acquired Kenyon Drake, who they're saying is going to get a good amount of work, but a good amount of work from what I'm reading from beat writers is 10 to 12 touches. So we'll see if that changes at all. But 10 to 12 touches does not seem that great at a price tag of 6,800. Maybe he gets 15. Maybe he gets 16. I don't know. But really tough to see him getting more than that on a limited week where he just got traded and, and really starting to learn the playbook. Uh, it's already tough to do that when you get traded on short notice, and now it's on a short week as well. 6,800 seems like a lot to pay for 10 to 12 touches, but then what else is behind him? Well, it's Zach Zenner, and it's... And it's um. Alfred Morris. Like, I don't want to touch any of these guys. Zach Zenner did indeed see 38% of the snaps in the last game. Uh, I believe he only got one carry, though, once Chase Edmonds left. And now they're 10-point underdogs here, so it's not like we have to rely too much on these running backs. I do think that Kenyon Drake fits more of the Christian McCaffrey type of a player in, in terms of being a versatile player in the passing game, and that's where we saw success last week against this San Francisco 49ers defense. They're not that great against the run. People think that this is a fantastic run defense, like a top two, top three run defense. I'm not saying they're bottom like five. I'm just saying they're not a stout run defense. They just don't face a lot of teams running games because they get up big because their defense forces turnovers and they score in short, short fields. So um, they're facing right now the least rushing attempts in the league, the least rushing attempts in the league. So yes, they're not giving up a ton of yardage, but it's because they're not seeing a lot of attempts against them because they get up big in the games, a good overall team. Uh, but their run defense is a little bit overhyped in my opinion. That said, I don't really see a, a running back here that, that stands out to me. If Kenyon Drake was going to see a full workload of 18 touches or so, or I can at least project them to be on the field for all these passing downs, I would like him more, but it's really tough to get there. So that's probably all the news right now on the offensive sides of these. So starting at the top, I have uh, 14 interests we'll go through. Tevin Coleman is a yes for me. I already mentioned it. He's going to be the clear workhorse without Breida likely in this one. And if Mostort is out, yes, you have Jeff Wilson Jr. behind him. But I expect Tevin Coleman as a 10-point road favorite um, to see at least a minimum of 16 total touches with the upside and probably projects more so uh, towards 18 to 20 touches. That's really hard to uh, not like at only $9,000 and definitely captain upside there. I like Christian Kirk at 7,200. I love Christian Kirk came back and he immediately saw double digit targets. I believe 11. He's the favorite target of Kyler Murray. He's been seeing 10 plus targets per game in the four or five games that he's played now on average. He's likely to see mostly who would be moving into the slot because Kirk is going to play the primary majority probably of his snaps out of the slot as he'll play a lot of four wide receiver sets here, uh, which isn't a great matchup against mostly, but mostly has not been moving into the slot. He's been staying on the outside. So whenever an outside cornerback who has been um, solid, he hasn't been bad and he, he, he hasn't been stellar or fantastic but he's leaning more towards being stellar and fantastic i'll say he's been good to great this season whenever a guy like that has to move into the slot it's probably a disadvantage for a guy like <clears throat> mosley and an advantage for kirk and here's the thing he's 7200 they're going to be trailing by 10 there's a really good chance kirk sees double digit targets so even if he doesn't get into the end zone his catch rate of somewhere near 70 75 percent if he catches six to seven balls in this game and has you 60 yards at 7,200, that 13 fantasy point type performance without getting a touchdown is probably needed to be honest on this sort of a slate. Jeff Wilson Jr. is also a yes at $2,000, but I have it in all capital letters here. If you're listening on the audio version, only going to be a yes for me if Brita and Mostart are both ruled out. If Mostert is playing Jeff Wilson Jr., sure, he'll see maybe like four or five carries, but he won't be seeing like the 10 potential carries that he'll be seeing if Mostert is also out. So keep an eye on that. Those are my only three yeses. Tevin Coleman, Christian Kirk, and Jeff Wilson Jr. Sal, how do you not have any more yeses on a slate like this? Well, I'm about to tell you why. There's potentially some yeses in here, but it's like an if or this situation. So I wanted to put them as maybes so you knew that and then we can discuss it. 
Kyler Murray would be my only yes if you told me you want to play a quarterback this week. So there's your yes. But for right now, he's a maybe on the overall slate. He's 9,800 against the San Francisco defense and this pass rush and led by Nick Bosa right now and potentially a defensive player of the year candidate as a rookie um, on defense who just looks he's, he's already locked up this rookie of the year on defense unless he gets hurt. He's just looked absolutely incredible. It's a brutal matchup for him against his pass rush, but again, Murray does have some sort of, um, and, and a lot really, of elusiveness and ability to escape the pocket and escape pass rushers, um, even as a rookie, so that does help him, and a lot of these times when plays break down, if he can escape, there'll be some opportunities for some runs and potentially big runs there for him. So $9,800 as a quarterback, um, it's not 100% needed on this slate because I don't think Jimmy G is needed at all as a 10-point favorite, and they don't even want Jimmy G to throw the ball. He hasn't needed to, but they seem very much built on the run uh, and not using Jimmy G all that much. Um, and that's kind of the spot where I think if they get behind them one of these games, that could actually bite them in the butt because I don't really know how good Jimmy G is. I think he is good, and I trust in him, but we really haven't been able to see that this season. So if I was to pick a quarterback, it'd be Kyler Murray. I like the rushing upside from him. I like the fact that it'll be trailing by 10. I don't care if he throws two picks in this game. That doesn't really bother me. Um, if anything, if he throws a pick six, he has to get right back on the field and start to throw more. So that honestly probably helps him out more. Um, so yeah, Kyler Murray at 9,800 is fine. Honestly, if you were to play the or pay up, and I don't really want to, for the 49ers defense at 7,400 and hope that they get a pick six, I think it correlates to put Kyler Murray in your lineup as well. Honestly, like if they get a pick six, Kyler Murray comes right back on the field and has to throw. Like They're not going to rely on the run. So I think it correlates with the attempts that he's going to see at least. And in the more attempts we know, the more fantasy points. George Kittle. So these two players, you have to choose one of them, in my opinion, George Kittle and Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders ran the most routes last week, 26 total. He's going to really be dependent on the touchdowns, though, in my opinion. Like, they're just not going to throw a lot. Like, there's a really good chance you don't see more than 25 or 28 probably tops attempts for um, a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo in this game. And if seven and eight of those targets are going to be going to a guy like George Kittle, and you're going to see like six to eight of those targets going to the backfield, it's tough to really project a lot of targets for wide receivers. I do think Sanders running out of the slot is going to end up being their number one receiver, but that's behind George Kittle, right? George Kittle technically is a tight end. It would be the number one, in my opinion. You have a great matchup for Kittle at 9,200 against Buda Baker, one of the better ones of the week for a tight end. He ran 24 routes last week. He's, he's probably going to be used heavily as a run blocker. He's the best complete tight end in the league right now, George Kittle. And when you factor in his run blocking ability and his pass protection and his pass catching skills. He's by far the best. I think you have to choose one of these two guys. Emmanuel Sanders said he has a great matchup in the slot against Trumaine Brock. Uh, we saw last week that he really is going to depend on a touchdown. He'll, he'll run in a lot of routes, but like we said, there's so many receivers and so many playmakers here. Even if these running backs are hurt, there's still going to be two running backs active, but probably three. They'll probably activate somebody else. You still have Kittle. You still have Debo Samuel. You still have uh, Dante Pettis. You still have Marquise Goodwin coming back. I, I like Sanders the most because he's in the slot. If I had to pick one of these guys, it's probably Kittle, uh, and I think you only have to pick one. If you're trying to pick too many San Francisco 49ers pass-catching options as a 10-point favorite, I think you're going to end up pretty thin in your lineups. Larry Fitzgerald is $7,000. He's been dreadful. He he drops a or he can't toe-tap a touchdown last week, can't get open against really bad cornerbacks. Maybe he's tr- starting to hit this wall. He'll have a tough matchup against Kawan Williams in the slot. He's the number two option in this offense behind Christian Kirk, and I'd rather just pay $200 more for Christian Kirk, who I think sees more targets. Can Fitzgerald catch a touchdown? He's probably going to be very touchdown dependent. Um, yes, he can. He's fine if you want to get to him over Kirk. I just personally prefer Christian Kirk over him. Um, Kenyon Drake, 6,800. I have him as a maybe, but honestly, I only put him as a maybe just to let you guys know that he's only expected to see 10 to 12 touches. That's a steep price point to pay against the San Francisco 49ers defense as a 10-point underdog. I think I'm going to make Kenyon Drake a no. Um, I think I'm going to make it or no, but if we get more news and uh, we'll see, I'm going to go live Thursday before this game starts and we'll see, maybe I'll go live a little bit later because the basketball slate will lock by seven. Um, but yeah, if we're going to get more news, then maybe we change this. Raheem Mostert, Mostert is 
is a maybe for me right now. If he's out, obviously don't play him. If he's in, yes, I like Mostard at $4,800, and I probably don't like Jeff Wilson nearly as much. Um, right now, he's questionable, leaning towards doubtful, uh, but that's about it. If not, again, Jeff Wilson will be the primary backup number two. You could probably put him as a no right now because it seems like he is going to lean towards doubtful. I'll just adjust that right now on my screen. Um, but again, track the status before these games start and really his status today. You have both the kickers, Zane Gonzalez and Robbie Gold. Um, I think both are fine here. Uh, whichever one you want to get to is fine. Uh, I say right here, kickers are fine. Just be sure to only roster one. Rostering two will work out a very small amount of the time and I'd rather not burn my money. So for the person who's going to say, I rostered two two weeks ago and it worked out for me. Okay, well, you got your, your, every blind squirrel gets a nut. You got yours for the season. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But no, realistically, like, I don't want to be putting my money behind rostering two kickers any night. If I am playing a showdown slate, I just think the far majority of the time your upside is definitely capped. Sure, it can work out. These kickers can each score 12 points and nobody else can score points. But, uh, but far majority of the time, it's not going to work out. And even when it does work out for you, if you're not banking the whole thing and you're turning your $10 entry into $15 and you're using that strategy often, it's clearly not going to work out in the long term. So in terms of quote unquote working out, if it wins you the tournament, okay, it worked out. If it gets you $10 into 15 once out of every 10 times, well, the other nine times you lost, your $5 profit that one night is not covering that. So uh, when people tell me it works out, I- I'm a little bit skeptical of that if you're winning the tournament with the lineup okay but if you're barely cashing no it's not working out for you Marquis Goodwin at 3,400 is a question mark. I want to see what his status is like. So again, I only really like Kittle and Sanders, and I think you pick one. But if you are to get another uh, 49ers wide receiver in your lineup, Debo Samuel is fine. He should be out there still, but he's 5,200. I'd rather just get the guy who I think is cheaper and is out there the most out of like these then secondary options. So I think out of like Dante Pettis, Kendrick Bourne, and Richie James that you're going to have uh, Marquise Goodwin be out there the most at 3,400. He's likely going to be the third option at best behind Sanders and Kittle, and maybe even the fourth option behind the rookie Debo Samuel. So it's a really gross spot to want to pay for if you see a guy like Jimmy G only throwing 28 times in this game. But um, again, it's a cheaper player. Zach Zenner's a maybe he should still see like 30 to 40% of the snaps um, with Drake on somewhat of a limited basis. He's only $3,000. He's a 10-point underdog who's probably more so not in the pass catching game. So him as a maybe is probably very, very thin. Like you might get eight total touches out of him, six to seven of those on the ground. And more times than not, his skill level probably gets you at best. Like if you're very lucky, his six carries can get you 30 yards. So clearly touchdown dependent. I think I'm going to make Zach Zenner a no. The only reason I don't have him as a no right now is because if I only think Kenyon Drake plays like 40, 30, 30 to 40% of the snaps, it's going to have to be, maybe you get some Alfred Morris for like 10 to 15 or 20, but then it's going to have to be the bulk of the load or right around the bulk of the load to a guy like Zach Zenner. But how much does that matter against this defense when you're not a versatile running back and you're going to be trailing in this game by probably a touchdown? Probably not much. We're going to make him a no. Lastly, these two wide receivers for Arizona. Um, I have Trent Sherfield as a maybe. He probably leans more so towards a yes. He's only $800. He's going to play a lot on four wide receiver sets. He played 53% of the snaps and ran 22 routes last week. Um, he's going to have probably one of the more beneficial matchups on the outside. We'll see how they line up these cornerbacks in four wide receiver sets for the 49ers. I slightly prefer for half the price Trent Sherfield over Demir Burt. Why do I not want Demir Bird? Well, here's why. He's 1600 cheap price point, but he lines up on the left side of the field 90 plus percent of the time. I believe it's 92% of the time. You know who lines up on the left side of the field for the 49ers? Richard Sherman, 98% of the time. You know what Richard Sherman has done this year? He's allowed 2.3 receptions per game and 20.4 yards per game. 2.3 receptions and 20.4 yards. Oh, well, Sal, what happens if Demir Bird gets those or yeah, gets those exact stats? Well, if he gets those exact stats, I'll have six fantasy, six fantasy points for you at 1600. That might be enough. I'm not too sure it is. People think that if you get like three points from an $800 player that you're going to win. 
No, you're not. Like, you need that $800 player. He fits into your lineup. You need the other players to go off then. And you also need him to do something. Um, so, Demir Bird, I'd just rather have Trent Sherfield. You can put Demir Bird as a question mark, too. He's going to have a brutal matchup against Richard Sherman, who hasn't been giving up anything even to good wide receivers. The likes of Robert Woods have been shut down by him, right? And the likes of um, Brandon Cooks, obviously, Jared Goff struggled that game, but pretty much everybody's been shut down by Richard Sherman this year on the left side. He's been very comfortable in this defense. Um, both of those wide receivers, the two outside wide receivers for Arizona, have lower upside. Murray likes to throw it to the slot and Fitzgerald and to Christian Kirk, like probably more than half of his attempts will be there. But on the outside, Sherfield and Bird should probably see a few targets each. I think Sherfield is a better matchup and he's half the price. So I'll take him. Bird though is in play. And that's about it. Jimmy G, I don't want to play 10-4 for a guy who might only throw 28 times. Even if Jimmy G was going to throw 35 times in this one, do I even feel confident that he pays off a $10,400 price tag? Maybe like Patrick Peterson is back. So that helps the Arizona Cardinals secondary. Their secondary though, after that is pretty bad, right? Brock in the slot is not good. Um, Brock in the slot, I think that rhymes, maybe not. Um, but yeah, Jimmy G at 10-4. I guess if he threw 35 times, I'd like him, but I really don't think he's going to. He's a 10-point favorite um, on the road. I think you see low passing volume. David Johnson's likely to miss this week. Just track that. Matt Breida is highly questionable. Track that. Dante Pettis, he only played 30% of the snaps last week with Debo Samuel back and Emmanuel Sanders going there. Now with Marquise Goodwin back, I think he plays even less snaps. No real interest in Alfred Morris. Keyshawn Johnson was not active in the last game. Coach's decision, so I don't expect him to be active again. Richie James Jr. ran no routes last week. Kendrick Bourne ran only eight routes last week. So those two guys I have no interest in. I'd rather just pay for Trent Sherfield or Demir Bird. Uh, Max Williams at $400 is only running nine and a half routes per week. I can do better elsewhere. Don't even want to pay for that at $400. Um, who else is on here? Uh, Cardinals defense at 2400 I think I'd rather just go to Trent Sherfield at 800 and save a lot more money for similar upside, in my opinion, or even Demir Bird in his tough matchup, probably similar upside if you're going to get like six points out of a defense at best. Um, and that's about all we have. Debo Samuel, I think he's fine at 5200 but I think you're getting very similar production and output from Marquise Goodwin at 3400 on the same team for the amount that they're going to throw in the position they're going to play. I'd rather just save the money and go there. So that's where I'm at right now after adjusting a couple of players as no. We put Zach Zenner as a no. Um, we put Kenyon Drake as a no. We just don't want any of those running backs now. Again, I would I would really like Kenyon Drake if I knew he was going to get full workload, but they're saying 10 to 12 touches. That's not that great um, for 6,800. So now we're down to 11 players in a player pool. Seems very thin. I guess you can put Demir Bird as a maybe. We got rid of Kenyon Drake, where he most start, only because most start, I'm going to assume, is going to be out. And Demir Bird, or and Zach Zenner. So that's where I'm at right now. Hopefully you enjoyed this. If you're listening on the audio version, one more time, my interests for this showdown slate as of now, and they can change based on news, of course. Tevin Coleman, Christian Kirk, and Jeff Wilson Jr., assuming Raheem Mostert and Breida are out. Those are my three yeses. My maybes are Kyler Murray. He'd be the quarterback I wanted if I'm choosing one. George Kittle and Sanders. I think you have to choose one of those players. I lean George Kittle. Larry Fitzgerald, both kickers. I think both kickers are in play. Uh, I really don't have a lean to either one of them. Just look at the field goal props, and then you can choose from there. Marquise Goodwin over guys like Debo Samuel for a cheaper price point. Trent Sherfield for half the price point, and Demir Bird and probably a better matchup. Not as many snaps, though, so I think Demir Bird can also be propped up into here. So that's it for now. My name's Sal. You already know that. Check out my Patreon linked up down below. Check out all my social medias at DFS. You can check out me on Instagram at Salvetri, um, and you can check out my Facebook page, Salvetri Facebook page. So thank you for tuning in. Really appreciate it. I will see you all tomorrow night live, hopefully, if you want to tune in. Thank you so much. My name is Sal. You already know that. Peace out, game, and hit that subscribe button. Hit the subscribe, rate, and review on the audio version. If you're still listening to this, you'll be entered into a raffle for a fantasy draft ticket. Uh, three people will be announced on Saturday on my Twitter, and you'll also just see it credited to your account. Just make sure to leave your fantasy draft username. So peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.